You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, A Catalog of Previous Universes. Before the creation, there were other creations, little ones, minor works mostly, incomplete in some ways and overfussed with in others, a few flimsy, half-hearted attempts to get it right. And one of the hardest things to get right was free will. Free will required a delicate touch, and early universes housed beings who were more robotic, people who moved through life like they were popping and locking, like they were marionettes getting their strings tangled up in each other. These were universes of tangled string. Then the great creator hit upon free will's magic ingredient, something that would allow people to do as they pleased, and in so doing, surprise the whole universe. And this thing was called chance. Chance made you feel like anything could happen. It unglued things enough to make them less rigid without allowing them to fall apart entirely. Chance required rules atop rules like pins in a jar. And these early universes were complicated board game universes with millions of rules. Every object taped over with index cards telling you what could be and what might be if you did this and did not do that. These early versions of our universe were more literal. These were places where thoughts turned into bees and flew down your shirt collar to buzz with possibility. But even with chance, the universe still lacked atmosphere, those little extra touches that give a universe character and ambience. So more atmosphere was created. But before getting the amount of atmosphere just right, there were universes with too much atmosphere, where everything ended up smelling musty and close. Even the beach smelled stuffy because of all the puffy daybeds and armchairs placed on the shore. Everything was too cluttered. These early worlds were eccentric Manhattan apartment universes, palm trees with shelves full of yarn balls, macrame skies of wool, and mountains made of damp ski jackets, universes that were itchy and too tight. But even after hitting it right with chance and atmosphere, there was still something missing. People did not want to do much of anything. Even monkeys leaned against trees instead of climbing them, and bees slept all day instead of making honey. And so the Creator created a thing called desire. Possessing desire could be painful, but with it people were suddenly inclined to build opera houses and see how many hot dogs they could eat at once. And in this way, our universe was made complete. Even though our universe is a fine one with many fine things within it, it is still interesting to note some of the earlier models. There was one universe that was just light. Another universe, though beautiful and perfect in almost every way, only lasted five seconds. But what a magnificent five seconds they were. Another universe there was where everyone was pretty much the same as we are now. Only instead of wearing pants, shirts, and skirts, they all dressed like professional wrestlers. There were babies wearing bandito masks and librarians sporting gold lame capes and carrying collapsed folding chairs to smack across the backs of bibliophiles. Some universes were just books, single books. Some were everything was underlined and others where everything was in quotes. Some had characters that could dream, and these dreams became new books with new characters who could have dreams too. There were universes where bridges and buildings were made of chicken bones, but chicken bones did not come from chickens. They were grown from chicken bone seeds. 
and chicken bone seeds came from boiling tears because tears tasted like chicken soup. Chicken soup came from chicken soup rain clouds, and chicken soup rain coats were made of feathers. And instead of carrying umbrellas, people carried ladles. Ladles were also used as oars for boats that were pots that sailed on rivers that had soup nuts. Before ours, there were universes of no language, mute giraffe universes. People reading each other's minds. Arguments were had where people stood facing one another like silent statues. There were universes where people got around by log rolling. Worlds where people were attracted to monkeys and monkeys broke their hearts. Universes where nothing was learned, nothing to learn, no books, no school. People sat around tickling each other on the bus. People were born just knowing how to build buses, and others were born just knowing how to drive them. And people built and rode these buses and tickled the bellies of strangers, perfect strangers tickling each other's bellies. The bus driver's belly too. Bus drivers giggling and driving you to the beach to lie in the sun in thin tissue-like bathing suits. No quality manufacturers in this universe. People too busy tanning, tickling strangers, being happy. Before this one, there were universes without matter. Can you imagine that? If you told its limp, wispy inhabitants that they did not truly exist, they would not even know what you meant. They would say, "What are you talking about? You don't make any sense. Leave us alone. We don't even know what you're talking about." They were only ideas, these beings, but they were such fierce ideas that they believed they had arms and legs and really mattered. The Almighty even tried at one point to concoct a universe made up of other Almighties, omnipotent beings. Thirty percent of these Almighties would become power mad in their first year. Another thirty percent would get so depressed they'd become impotent. But the rest of the Almighties struck out on their own, creating their own universes—universes universes that may still be out there to this day, abandoned universes where beings contemplate where they came from. Universes of beings looking for instruction manuals that Almighties, despite all of their Almightiness, neglected to supply, and these worlds mattered as our world matters, or doesn't matter. A million candy sprinkle universes mattering and not mattering in the soup of time. If you could have visited some of these other places that no longer are. You would think they were really not so bad at all. You would think it nice to spend some time there for at least a while, to see what else there was, what else could be. You might have even made friends in these other worlds, friends like the kind you make in dreams from out of your own imagination, friends with five thousand toes, friends with a single nostril, with fourteen senses, given to suicide at every turn, friends who were nice to you, friends who got you. In two-dimensional worlds, places where time ran in perforated lines, apartment house universes, where when you died, you simply moved one door down and still kept your same neighbors. After completing our world and being mostly happy with it, the Almighty must have wondered if he should mention these other worlds in the Bible's preface. But he probably came to the conclusion that the less said about them, the better. After all. What could be gained in talking about what could have been, what might have been, and what can never be?
Do you think there could have been universes that existed before this one? I don't see why not. The way that science is going these days is to basically enlarge what we already know, and according even to Einstein's theory of general relativity, there's certainly that possibility. It's quite possible that there is either another one now or that there was another one before ours. The question, though, then comes about uh, whether you can quantify it, whether you can test that. And that's where the problem arises. And, and, how, and how could one know in this universe of other universes? I mean, are there, like, hidden nexuses or something? Or You're asking me a hard question, Jonathan, and if I knew the answer, I'd probably get a Nobel Prize in the post tomorrow. But um, to get near to it, you would have to look for some kinds of effects. They may be very small, that would leak through, if I can use that phrase, from the only other universe into ours. So one of the calculations I've been doing is to try and see if there are tiny effects on galaxies, the motions of galaxies, that we can't explain through conventional means. And that's one of the potential ways that you could test for another dimension. You've written about alternative theories to the Big Bang. Yeah. You, do, do you, you don't buy the Big Bang? I've always viewed the Big Bang as a bit of a, a kind of naive idea. It's in the same class as, you know, the idea that aliens would come to the Earth and abduct people. Uh, it's a, a little bit of a silly idea, if you think about it, to assume that anything starts off at some particular point in an explosion. Is, is, is an aspect of what you take exception to have to do with, like, I, when, uh, when I began to start thinking about where everything came from, I was very young, and I remember looking in the children's Bible that we had in the house yeah. um, at the beginning, and I always felt like I was missing something, or that there were possibly even pages missing to our Bible, because to me, the most basic question was, where did God come from? That's the question, doesn't it? Uh-huh. That's exactly the same feeling I had when I was starting to read about science, and I could see that it all hung together, but then there are other questions, and I didn't find a beginning for it. Inevitably, if you say the universe started at some time in the past, 99% of people will then think about that for a minute, and then they'll say, oh, then what came before? You are not allowed to ask any questions about what happened at times before that. So I suppose um, my basic life work has been to try and extend things to give myself a better understanding of where all this came from. I mean, do, do, you, do you actually think that you that it is possible to find some kind of metaphysical resting point? You know what I mean? Like, yes, like the I, idea I understand like... the question. I'm not sure I can answer it. You know, science is an evolving process. It's not a set of facts. And the fact that we've discovered that the universe is accelerating tends to show you that we don't know everything. But if you look through the history of science, then uh, there is no definitive version of anything. Is there any science that deals with the idea of um, other universes of possibility? You know, yeah. where there are versions of ourselves where we have made other choices or are living out kind of alternate lives. Right. 
the, the answer to the question is yes, um, to the idea of the many worlds concept, which is due to a guy called Everett. And in that, you imagine that uh, at every choice in our world, there is in fact another choice that goes off that we can't see, but that both are going simultaneously. So that an alternate universe in the 1960s might have been one involving pop music, in which you can imagine that the Beatles, instead of having Ringo Starr, had a really good drummer. Are there, are there ideas about the universe that you personally find more comforting? You know, like if there if there have been previous universes and that these universes have ended, is there something um, tragic about that? No, I don't think um, it's tragic, except insofar as human beings may think it's tragic that anything dies. But um, uh, although I'm not a religious person, I do tend to think also that um, in some sense nothing ever really dies. Its effects don't just terminate there, they get changed, don't they? I mean, if you think, for example, about um, a star, I mean, we're all familiar with what happens to people when they die, but think about a star that dies. If it goes through a supernova explosion, for example, it's technically killed as that object, but of course its material spreads throughout the galaxy. So, in some sense, nothing ever really dies as in a total endpoint. It's a transition. Thank you very much for your time, Paul. You can always call me back. We only scrape the surface, you know. Hello? Hey, Mom? Johnny, what's the matter? No, nothing's the matter. Um, so how come you're calling, sweetheart? Just like, you know, to, 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 how are you, to see how you're doing. Oh, that's nice. I'm fine. How are you, darling? I'm good. Um, you know, I've, I've just, I've been thinking a lot about the um, the universe. What? And uh, did, um, did, you, did you raise me with any belief in, like, what happens um, after you die? I don't think we talked about it. To be honest. Well, what do, what do you think? I mean, what were you... Ra- what were that, you... I'd like to believe that the soul goes to heaven. I don't have these kind of thoughts about the universe and this and that. I just think of what am I going to make your father for supper? How am I going to get the laundry done? How am I going to do this? Where am I going to go? Do you ever think about um, whether there might be any other universes besides ours? I don't have a clue, Johnny. Ask me how to make a meatloaf. That's more my line of questions. So the fact that the universe is accelerating doesn't... doesn't what does that mean, accelerating? I'm not sure myself. Going faster? Speeding up, yeah. I don't know where it's speeding up to. I don't believe in all this gibbly-gawk. I don't believe in UFOs. Mm-hmm. Why, you think that there's another world? Oh, I have no idea. That people are living on Mars and things like that? I don't know. Eh, the way the world is today with the Internet, we would know if there's life there. Mm-hmm. The sun and the moon and the stars. Your father, he's the expert. He knows everything. Is uh, is that at home? He's in the basement. Do you want me to call him? Uh, t- yeah, if he's not busy, sure. T- Buzzy! Buzzy, it's Johnny! Get the phone! Hello? Uh, Dad? Yeah. 
Um, I was just talking with Mom about the universe mm -hmm. and, um, you know, what might happen after you die mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Do, do you ever think about that stuff? Sure. Every day. Really? You do? Yeah. What for? Just like this. Hi, please. But, and you never talk about it with Mom, I guess? No. I'm not interested, so... Do you think there might be any other universes besides ours? Uh, yeah. Where Why are not? they? Where are they? Universes. Uh, of course, the universe is, is... Opinions. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about there. Well, what do, you, what do you think happens after you die, Dad? First of all, there's there's a lot of a lot of information that goes into our minds and our body, and we're we're filled with electrons. And when we're born, until the day we die, there's a lot of information and experience that we gather. That's not lost. It's a half life. Even in science, a half life is any matter that's destroyed can go on for billions of years. Well, this conversation is not for me. You think I could hang up now? No, no, stay on the phone but for I'm a minute. But I'm not interested in this. I have no patience to listen to this. It's all. Well, don't you want to know how your husband feels about... I don't about... know what he's talking about. Universe, universe. Well, hang, I don't hang on know a second. about wait. these kind of things. Um, wait, so what are you saying? So what do you think happens? I think that uh, that uh, there's, there's something that continues. The soul. The soul is immortal. Do you think that you sort of travel through the cosmos alone, or do you think you'll, you'll, you'll you know, remain with your wife? Oh, I hope I do. Through eternity, we're talking about. I can only, that's only hope. But we're talking about through eternity. Oh, I don't, I hope. <laughs> I want my wife to be near me for the rest of eternity, oh, and that's why we're buried are. together. Oh, but stop it. I don't like this conversation I told you. All right, you. fine. Um, what, what, Dad, do you, do you, do you ever think about, um, do you ever think about heaven? Do you believe in heaven? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. What do you think it's like? I don't know what I I, I can only say what I'd like it to be. Mm. I can't I don't know and I wouldn't even begin to know what it's like, but I'd like to tell you what I think it's like is that we we meet all our ancestors and we're together again. It's a nice thought, Buzz. Yeah. It's a beautiful thought. Yeah. Why wouldn't that be nice if it was true? Yeah. And I do believe that. I I I I think that we will. Yeah. Yeah. You really believe that? Yes. That's a nice thought, Buzz. I hope your dad was able to answer your questions, and I'm sorry I don't really know about No, I, I mean, I don't even know if I was looking. I don't think I was looking for an answer, but I did sort of want to there know. There is no answer, Johnny. Yeah. The cosmos is infinite, mysterious, beautiful, and unending, and is a place for all of us in it. Uh, Howard? Yeah, can you, can you hear me okay? I can hear you, yeah. You sound a little echoey. What's where are you? Like, you mean where I am, like, physically? Or do you mean, like, where am I? I mean physically, yeah. A sensory deprivation tank of my own creation, my own making. Mm. What, uh... But if you want to know where I am, I'm nowhere. I'm everywhere. I got you. But wait, hang on a second, though. You, you're in your house? Right now, I'm 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 in the basement of my uncle's building. He's the concierge. Mm -hmm. He has one of those big green plastic and metal recycling bins, and it just it just hit me like I can make you know an FDT, you know, a sensory deprivation tank out of this thing, and it just 
from there it just flows. It but, flows the way I'm flowing now through the cosmos, through, through the energies that make up this planet. You're sitting in a recycling bin. Uh, I'm not sitting. I'm floating. What do you t- What do you mean? I'm floating. I, I filled it with water right to the brim, and I put in about 40 boxes or so of kosher salt. Howard, that doesn't sound very safe. Can you? At first, I felt the water, the chill, and then, like, slowly it went away. I couldn't feel anything anymore, and I couldn't smell the water, the salt, or the plastic, or the leftover recycling that was in here. And I, I can't see anything because the lid's closed. So and I've got complete darkness. I can't smell. I can't touch. I can't taste. I can't see. But yet you yet you brought your cell phone in there. What's your point? Well, I mean, isn't isn't the whole point of a sensory deprivation tank to have a deprivation of the senses? Mm-hmm. So why would you, why? Well, I need myself. Yeah. I mean, business is business, John. I I need to be connected. You know, and besides, I have to call. You know the delivery man to come get me out of here at some point. Who is coming to let you out? Nick. Nick, the delivery guy at the Suvaki joint. He promised me he's going to come around six. I put an order in for a combo plate of gyro and Suvaki on pizza with fries. I'm really working up an appetite in here. Mm-hmm. I've kind of, I fused with myself. I've, be- I've kind of become, you know, they say you how someone becomes at one with themselves, but I already was at one with myself. I mean, can I can I put you on hold for a second, Howard? I just I just got a business call coming sure. in. Yeah, yeah, you know, time is meaningless. Right. Okay, hang on one second. All right. Hello. Hello, Jonathan. Hey. Hey, James. W- what's going on? Street hockey. That's what's going on. Ten minutes. Oh, are you you're playing? Yeah, we're playing in like ten minutes. God, I would love to do that. At the schoolyard. Okay, cool. Um, do you still got your net? Yeah, it's somewhere in the garage. Okay, you need it. Get it. Okay. Get it. We need Okay, cool. I've actually got Howard on the other line, but I'm going to get off with him. Oh, and, um, Howard. How's he doing? Uh, he's actually calling me from inside a recycling bin. I love that guy. Anyway, ten minutes. All right, cool. I'll see, all right, man. I'll see you soon. I'm the wind, and I'm the, I'm the sun, and I'm the earth, and I'm the... That's great. Hey, listen, um, I, I should probably let you go, because uh, I'm, I'm just in the middle of some work here, so yeah, uh, have fun with that. I just want to say, like, I, I was really thinking about you a lot, you know, just being in here. And I just had this epiphany, you know. And, like, you're an ass. Excuse me? The clouds parted, you know, and a beam of light came through in this darkness that is my sensory deprivation tank. And it said, John is an ass. I am. Yeah, like a real jerky creep. That's your mystical epiphany. I know, it seems so simple. And I, what, what kind of a thing is that to say? No, no, That's no, your... no. it's okay, it's okay, don't... Don't worry. You know, I, I, everything's groovy. You know, everything's okay. It's like I like you, and you're you're wonderful. Uh-huh. You know, you're beautiful. We're all beautiful, but you're still an ass. I love you, John. I love you, John Goldstein, for the ass you are. I just think it's great. Howard, how how long have you been in that tank? How long has man roamed the earth? How long have we pondered the question? Howard, of, when did you get in the recycling bin, please? Two thirty. Uh huh. What time is it? It's seven thirty. How? What? Yeah, you've been in there about. You've been in almost five hours. No, no. Check again. Check again. It's seven thirty. What? That's crazy. Nick is supposed to be here like six o'clock. Anyway, you and Nick work that out, and uh, oh, wait, I'm going to go wait, off wait. and do my, you know, wait, my wait, ass wait. stuff. Hold on, hold on one second. I smell Suvaki. I smell Suvaki. I bet you the idiot left it on top of the tank. I. 
If you're in a sensory deprivation tank, how can you smell anything? I, I, I smell the fries. All right, well, have a good time. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, you're my lifeline. Hang on. I can't see the... I, I can't find this open. Okay, Howard, just take it easy. Relax. Howard, relax. I tell you that. I told you that. I want to tell you what John? Yeah. You want to get me out? Howard, I'm on my way, okay? Just be cool. It's cold. Oh, right. It's cold in the water and salty. This is a very, very bad feeling. I'm on my way, Howard. I'm in the womb. I don't want to be... Howard, listen to me carefully. Don't freak out. I'm I'm on my way. I'm okay, leaving okay. right now, okay? John, John! Yeah. Bring something sweet. I'm hanging out. Like a chocolate bar or... Okay, goodbye. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither while they pass. They slip away across the universe. Pools of sorrow. Joy are drifting from my opened mind, possessing and caressing me. On Wiretap today, you heard Howard Chakowitz, James Hurst, Buzz and Dina Goldstein, and Paul Wesson, co-author of the book Brave New Universe. Wiretap is written by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Mira Bertwin-Tonic and Carolyn Warren. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap. Across the universe Haunt me under like a restless wind inside a letterbox